first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Hey everybody, welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I am Benjamin Price, and today we will be talking about Troop Zero, Zombies 2, Gigantosaurus, Doolittle, Jungle Fun with Monkey and Truck, Just Mercy, and Little Women. Before we begin, just a reminder, Kids First has launched a crowdfunding campaign to help support our film critics program. We are only $800 away from our goal of $15,000, and today we ask for your support to help expand Kids First trainings and educational opportunities for kids both nationally and around the world. 100% of your donation supports our Kids First film critics training and implementation. To donate, go to kidsfirst.org. So let's get right into the interview. So, Ethan, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Uh, Very well. So what did you think about Troop Zero? Um, I really liked it because it was a combination of comedy, drama, diversity, and it had especially kids actors. They had great actors, especially the children actors. Yeah, I thought all the child performances were really strong. Um, so what is Troop Zero about, for those who don't know? It's about a, it's like a storyline of a young girl named Christmas who's obsessed with outer space and aliens and planets. And she finds out there's a competition that offers her to be recorded on NASA's golden record. But in order to compete, she needs to belong to a Girl Scout troop. So she recruits four kids and asks her father's co-worker, Miss Raylene, to be her troop mom. And the five children go through tough and exciting experiences in order to earn their badges to earn, like, and to enter the NASA's competition. Who was your favorite character in uh, Troop Zero? I'm going to say Christmas's dad, because he was really funny. Yeah, I thought he was pretty funny, too. And what was your favorite part of the movie? It was probably when Christmas, like, was recruiting kids to belong to her troop, because that was really cool how she was going, like, throughout, uh, like, where she lived, like, with a, like, she had, she had her friend with her, and she was, like, checking off names that said no, and she was, like, looking for, for other people to join. Um, you mentioned earlier about, uh, how you liked the child performances. Can you talk a little bit more about, um, what you liked about them? I liked how... Because usually when you see, like, for example, an action movie, it's, like, usually, like, a grown person who's the main actor. But the main actors in this film are kids. And they all did really well um, in, like, their acting. And it was really good. Especially McKenna Grace, who is the main character who that was play, uh, that's who played Christmas. She was really good. And I've seen her in other movies, too. Um, and which aspect of the movie did you most connect with? I don't really know, honestly. That's a hard question. Okay. And who do you who would you most recommend this movie for? I mean, honestly, anyone because this is a really funny and heartwarming uh, movie. And um, what do you think is the main lesson, or what message do you think people will take away from the movie? I think it's to have like a child's heart when it comes to like choosing your friends or recruiting a team. Because Christmas doesn't, like, discriminate against, like, skin color or gender identity or, like, religion or personalities when it comes to, like, recruiting her troop. She becomes friends with all four of them. 
You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about Zombies 2, Gigantosaurus, Doolittle, Jungle Fun with Monkey and Trunk, Just Mercy, and Little Woman. But right now we're talking with Ethan about Troop Zero. So Ethan, um, we were talking about some, just sort of the, some of the lessons from this movie um, before we went to ID. Um, curious, um, which aspect of the story most surprised you? Um, I think how, I think it was how, because, uh, there was this kid named Joseph who was Christmas's best friend, and I liked how, because you don't really see a boy playing as a feminine boy in most movies, so this was really shocking to actually see him play a feminine boy, and I think he did a really good job at it. Um, if you had to sum up, or if you had to convince someone to see this movie using one word or one sentence, what would it be and why? Um, it'd probably be, hmm, <laughs> uh, I'd say amazing, because, I mean, I don't know what else to say, like, as a word, but I'd say amazing, though, because this was, um, this was really nice how they put all of this together. Like, when you see the name Troop Zero, you wouldn't expect all of this in one movie. Like, when I was going there, I thought it was going to be, like, something like uh, like selling Girl Scout cookies or something, which they did do in this movie. But this wasn't all about that. This was, like, something else, and it was mostly about Christmas and, like, space, which was completely j- different from what you think about it. Um, besides the child actors, there are a lot of, um, really talented actor or, um, really talented actors outside of those performances in this movie. You got Jim Gaffigan, who you kind of already talked about, but Viola Davis and, um, Allison Janney. Can you talk about what you thought about their performances? Um, I liked Viola Davis because she was, uh, like if someone was to mess with her, she wouldn't take it. And she was also really funny. Like, Jim Gaffigan, he was extremely funny. I really liked him in this movie. And Allison Janney was also really good. I think they all had their, like, equal parts in the movie. They were all good. And um, overall, would, did you, would you say you enjoyed the movie? Yeah. What age rating would you give this film and why? Uh, I'd give it ages 8 to 18, plus older adults. And I'd say 8, not, like younger because it does have a little bit of foul language just like probably two words or something it's not that bad and um if you had to what what were some of your issues with the movie if there were any at all i think it's just the beginning was a little too slow okay um and how many stars would you give troop zero uh four out of five all righty well um thank you for talking with me about this film thank you for having me Let's take a break. I'm Benjamin Price. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And today's show is sponsored by Monkey and Trunk. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. 
To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Arjun from Brentwood, Tennessee, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We have just been talking about Troop Zero, and now we will be continuing our discussion with Natalia on Zombies too. Now, I have not seen this movie. I looked up on IMDb and I kind of saw like a picture of sorts and it kind of looked like it was a uh, angsty teen romance zombie thing going on. Would you say that's what it is? Yes. Yeah, so um, Dizzy Zombies 2 is a music and dance field series that picks up with cheerleader Addison and zombie football player Zed as they're getting ready for prom, which is Seabrook High's version of prom. And, you know, it is a little plotted twist here. You may catch this by surprise, but it's not just zombies that Super Kai will have to deal with this this sequel. I mean, there's werewolves joining the pack. And I think it's super awesome. It's such a plot twist. And it's still continuing the love story and the love plot, as you said, but including some new characters. And it's causing a little differ between Addison and Zed's relationship. Because as you know, if you've seen zombies, they fall in love and they know that even though zombies and humans are forbidden to talk to each other, fall in love with each other, they prove that. Zombies and humans can become friends. And Addison, um, who is played by Meg Donnelly, she kind of adores a werewolf friend group and kind of gets attracted to them, leaving alone Zed, played by Milo Mannheim. Wow, that is a, uh, a lot. Do these zombies eat brains by chance? Is there any brain eating in the movie? You know, I haven't seen the full movie, so I don't know what to expect. But I do know that there's going to be a lot of surprises. And according to the short clips and everything, luckily, no brain eating in this film. All right. So kid friendly. That's um, good to know. Is it going to be available on uh, Disney Plus? Because, you know, that's been the big thing lately. Um, Disney's trying to forward its streaming service. And uh, obviously, I think its originals would be on uh, Disney Plus. Yes, definitely. So as I was speaking with Meg Donnelly and Milo Mannheim, they did mention that it will be coming out on most Disney platforms, so you can go check that out. That's cool. 
Oh, so you also um, interviewed actors, uh, Meg Donnelly and uh, Milo Mannheim. What was that like? Well, yes, I got the opportunity to um, speak with Milo Mannheim and Meg Donnelly. And I also got to meet with the three werewolves who are a part of this, which um, was pretty awesome. I met with Pierce Joza, Chandler Kinney, as well as Ariel Martin, who played the three werewolves of the pack. And they're, I must say, they're fierce in the movie. They're, they're awesome. They have each other's backs. But getting to meet them and interview them was really awesome. Getting to get to find the behind-the-scenes little chat that's going around there and they told me some pretty funny stories about behind the scenes i remember one time ariel martin had shared with me who plays winter one of the most fierce ones out of the werewolf pack that one of the guys on the on the set he was just like fixing them up a little making sure they're all ready to go on set and he tripped on a wire and he just totally face planted himself and he said she felt so bad for him but at the same time she couldn't resist to laugh because she's just like very you know, some people are just known to laugh and, you know, he was okay, luckily, but that was one of the most, most memorable things I remember from our interview. But speaking with them, I got to ask them, like, what can the audience expect? I mean, what was the most challenging part about repricing your roles as Zed and Addison? And for, like, Chandler Kinney, Pierce Jones, and Ariel Martin, I got to ask them about the character and how they, how, like... Can they tell us about their character? How do they feel? And a lot of them are known for being on social media apps like TikTok, Instagram, stuff like that. So I think that's why it was so cool to see and so inspiring and intriguing to see new characters come to life in this film that are known for other apps. Wow, that's um, good to know. So did you meet um, any of the uh, production crew behind the uh, film? Unfortunately, I did not get to meet the behind-the-scenes crew. I really wanted to meet the director. I mean, it was awesome, Paul Paul Hohen. I really wanted to meet him, especially the writers, David Light and Joseph Reso. I mean, they did an awesome job. And if you notice, Zombies 2 is a music and dance world story. And, however, when a group of, like, mysterious teenage werewolves led by Willow, Wyatt, Winter, unexpectedly arrive in search of an ancient life source buried somewhere in, like, Seabrook, a fearful city, which cancel reenacts Seabrook's anti-monster laws, it kind of makes it even more interesting because there's a lot more choreography. And Jennifer Walter, excuse me, Jennifer Weber, I believe, she is a choreographer, and I wanted to like what inspired her moves like every move is powerful filled with passion and it's just i wanted to meet them but unfortunately i couldn't okay that that's really cool um so when does this uh release well it is coming out soon so the premiere was friday it's gonna be friday february 14th so it's coming around that time really excited for all of you guys to go check it out just getting to interview them and seeing short clips a little sneak peek I, if there's any word I could describe it, I'd say amusing, entertaining, intriguing, memorable, and just a fun a fun time to hang out with your friends and just gather together to watch the movie. Well, you heard Natalia. Check out Zombies 2. Um, hopefully, it's it's also out on Disney Plus uh, February 14th, right? Yes. Um, according to them, it should be coming out on all Disney platforms. Um, I'm still, I know Zombies is on Disney Plus, so hoping that it will come out. And if not, it might not come out exactly February 14th, but keep an eye out for it. It might come out of nowhere. For sure. That is um, good to know. Thanks a lot for talking about uh, Zombies 2. No problem. Make sure to go check it out. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we are talking about Troop Zero, Zombies 2, Gigantosaurus, Little Woman, Jungle, Jungle Fun, 
Doolittle and Just Mer- Mercy. And right now we're we are continuing our discussion with Ethan about Gigantosaurus. So Ethan, how do you do? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. So I don't really have a good idea what the show is like. I mean, right now I have the Wikipedia page pulled up and uh, it looks pretty interesting. It says it's a um, CGI animated uh, children's TV show and it's based on a best-selling book, which is um, very interesting. Yeah, that's really cool. I like it. Very nice. Would you say that there's like an overarching uh, plot or, or story? Well, the story is about four dinosaur friends, Mazu, Tiny, Bill, and Rocky, who team up to help animals in need and solve, like, situations or problems, while also learning about Gigantosaurus, which is, like, this huge dinosaur. Wow, that's um, very, very nice, you know, especially for um, the younger kids who are going through that dinosaur phase. I mean, like, now now I'm not as interested, but I remember that time where I could remember every... uh, um, dinosaur names and all of that, and I was just I kept on watching Jurassic Park, and I think that that's a good um, uh, approach for the target demographic. Um, now, one thing I did notice is that uh, it's it's originally released in France, but um, in the United States, I think it says that Disney um, Channel Disney Junior is releasing it. Is that how you got to watch it? Um, I don't really know exactly. It, I got it on a DVD though. Well, wow, that's um interesting. Um, but yeah, I think it says that it, uh, premieres on January 18th, so I guess it's like a, um, weekly thing, but, or maybe you can get the DVD too. Um, so tell me, like, what were some of the episodes, right? Like, like, what was your favorite one about? Mine was definitely Treasure, because it was really funny, and this episode was about, like, all four of the dinosaurs playing on a playground, and Tiny said that they had to get cave moss for Giganto before they leave. So when Rocky was getting the cave moss, he fell in some sticky water, and Tiny pulled him out. So Tiny noticed that there was a shiny golden pebble where he was. So Mazu took the golden pebble and brings it home. But then, after that, they all started fighting over it, and at the end, it teaches them all a valuable lesson. Very nice. Sounds like a uh, good uh, formula for an episode. So is there like an... Um... I might ask before, but is there like an overarching plot behind everything, or is it kind of each episode is, is its own little thing? Yeah, it's its own little thing. That's cool. Um, are there like two-parters or anything of that sort? Like, uh, how are the episodes done? Is it sort of like a SpongeBob style where you get two in one or uh, um, something of that sort? No, it's just like a DVD, but like it, it just says like play all or like episode selection, and then you can pick your episode. And there's, like, only, I think there's only, yeah, there's only eight episodes, and they're all, like, different. Oh, that's cool. So how long, uh, approximately, is each episode? I think probably about 11 minutes, yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Um, so uh, what are, what is some of the voice acting like? Or uh, is there any um, notable actors or anything of that sort? I don't know any of the actors, but the people who did the voiceovers are really good at matching, like, the dinosaurs. Yeah, that's cool, because, like, you know, the biggest fear that comes with um, uh, translating a show, which is originally of a different language, is, you know, the dub's always not going to work. You know, a lot of uh, animes and all sorts of those shows see that uh, problems, um, see that problem, and and it just becomes hard to watch when, like, the dub does not match what they're saying, so that's good to hear. Uh, What would you say are some good messages we could uh, take away from watching this show? Um, I think it's about coming together as friends and never giving up on any challenge or obstacle that's in your path. Because 
they defeated every obstacle and challenge without giving up and still help their community and all the other dinosaurs. Mm, that sounds interesting. Um, so what would you say the age range and the star rating is and uh, why? I'd give it five out of five stars because even though this is for like little kids, I'm like 11 and I still enjoyed this. This is probably one of the best DVDs and recommend it ages five to 18 plus adults. There's nothing bad in this. So all the little kids can watch and everyone else can. So you're saying that uh, adults can enjoy this too. It's, you know, it's a nice big, it's like a Pixar movie almost. Yeah. All right. That is um, good to know. Thanks a lot for talking about uh, Gigantosaurus. Oh, thank you for having me. Let's take a break. I'm Arjun from Brentwood, Tennessee, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Monkey and Trunk. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to share success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Hear about personal growth, building a better business, inspirational life stories, and personal branding. You'll find it every day at voiceamericaempowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Benjamin Price, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We just finished talking about Gigantosaurus, and next we'll be talking with Arjun about Doolittle. So Arjun, what what are, what were your thoughts on Doolittle? So I looked on Rotten Tomatoes. The uh, score is not very good. I don't think it's quite as bad a bomb as it's putting it out to be, but it's not it's not particularly great. I mean, I think it's a fun movie for kids, like something they will go to the theaters and and enjoy themselves at. But uh, definitely nothing memorable like a Pixar movie, you know, something um, of more substance. Uh, so, yeah, that was really my thoughts on the movie. Yeah, it's not getting great reception so far. But if kids and families enjoy it, in the end, that's really all that matters. Um, so what is Doolittle about? Um, it's a, a reboot of the uh, Dr. Doolittle franchise. I think the last time they made one of these, Eddie Murphy was uh, Dr. Doolittle and... It was a more uh, modern telling uh, 
of the story and uh, this is a more like uh, older you know like a uh, storybook telling of the of of him it's you know it's set in queen victoria's england uh and uh he just kind of embarks on an adventure to save the queen's life and he, and he has his animals on board there's a lot of animals and and uh yeah that's really it um so this is sort of Robert Downey Jr.'s first big movie after, um, let's just say, his departure from the MCU. Can you talk a little bit about his performance in this film? Uh, it was pretty good. I, I mean, I mean, it was a little over the top at times. You know, it, it's he he has like this um, charismatic energy that really no other actor eludes. Like there were times where I was like, okay, am I looking at a British Iron Man right now? But. Uh, <laughs> Like, seriously, I mean, the same mannerisms, the same everything. Not that I feel yeah. like RDJ is typecast or doesn't have any range. I mean, uh, I I liked his presence. I mean, like, you know, the movies out in January right now are not going to be very good. So, you know, the fact that he's very energetic and there's always something going on, I mean, I didn't hate it. And I, I really liked all the voice acting. You know, I think uh, Rami Malek was uh, something to write on about who plays Chi-Chi. He was a, a paranoid gorilla, and uh, I thought that was very funny, and uh, it was interesting to watch. And Emma Thompson in the movie, she plays a parrot, and uh, there's there's a lot more. I really like John Cena and uh, um, Kumail Nanjiani as uh, Yoshi and Plimpton, who are a, a polar bear and a uh, ostrich, and they they're like you know they're like <laughs> best friends. They bicker and banter all the time, and you know it just felt like watching actual people. You know, I I really liked it had no problem with the voice acting or the cast if i mean if a movie coming out in january is at least entertaining that's still um you don't see that very often all of doolittle dr doolittle's animal friends are cgi i'm curious what were the special effects in this film good so i felt like they were very hit or miss i mean there's a very large budget here it's like 180 million dollars and it looks like 180 million dollars there's some truly breathtaking shots but there are other times where it looks very um joggy you know the the animal models and all of that and uh i i guess during some there's like a scene um where uh they're they're on a ship and they're being fired upon by enemies. The green screen was a little bad and shaky. I mean, it, it it just looks a little too fake at times, and it's just too flashy overall. And, uh, yeah, that's really all I got to say. I mean, like, it, it, it was at times I was just like, I would take a backseat and be like, eh, I don't know about this. So, well, uh, what, what age rating and what star rating would you give this film? I think any kids um 7 to 18 can watch this uh and the star rating would be a three out of five stars because i think it succeeds in what it's trying to do it's a good movie for kids but i mean adults i mean i don't think they'll really like it as much i mean kids will have a great time i mean you can just check it out on a matinee i mean like all the families who who have five-year-olds i mean just check it out on a matinee they'll have they yeah. can have a fun time i guess and that's really all there is to this movie you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Uh, we just finished talking with Arjun about Doolittle, and next we'll be switching gears to talk with Ethan and Brad about Monkey and Trunk. So, Ethan, uh, what did you think about Monkey and Trunk? I liked it because it's very like funny and cute to watch, and it made me smile through all of the episodes. And, Ethan, what was your favorite episode? 
probably Rainbow Rising because it's very funny. It's about like monkey and trunk finding berries that made their skin and fur turn blue. So they like go around showing everyone that they're blue. And then the blue like wears off so they get upset. So monkey and trunk soon like see a rainbow and they start to play in the rainbow with all the other friends and it makes them change colors so they're happy again. Um Brad, what what is this show about? So this is essentially like an eight episode series where they just follow the two animals, monkey and trunk, as they kind of go like explore their world and learn about like their friendship and their own unique like animal. And I thought it was pretty cool because it showed a really playful side to the jungle and like the unique person and like unique animal of every character and like their flaws and kind of their strengths when it came to like going through their own world and um who was your favorite character um in the collection of episodes i loved monkey (laughs) he was great he's a really comical character and keeps it really lively that sounds great um ethan what do uh, can you talk a little bit about the animation in this film from a visual perspective it was really good um it actually looked like like a kind of a real forest Besides, like, their little tree, but everything else kind of looked real. And I think the animals, like, had a perfect, like, animation. It looked, like, perfect. They didn't mess up a single thing. And, Brad, what was your favorite episode from the collection of episodes? You know, I really liked Bubble Trouble when they were, uh, like, messing around with this plant and, like, this sticky kind of goo came out and started getting stuck to them and they would just throw it at each other and, like, they would start getting stuck to the ground and, like, playing almost dodgeball with these (laughs) sticky goo balls. And I I thought it was hilarious. And, um, Ethan, uh, I'm curious, would you watch more of this show, you think? Uh, yeah, I'd watch a lot of it. If there was more DVDs of this, I'd watch them. Do you think this is a show that younger and older kids could enjoy? Yeah, definitely. And Brad, what lessons do you think kids can take away from this collection of episodes? So there there are actually a lot of lessons that I found in this, but the main one was that like each animal is their own individual, similar to how like each person is their own person. And in order to coexist well with each other, we kind of have to not worry about other people's perceptions and opinions of ourselves, And it's just kind of, you got to be yourself and do what you want to do regardless. And you'll have fun doing it. Well, this sounds like a really delightful show. Um, Ethan, what age rating would you give this collection of episodes and why? I'd give it three to 18 plus adults because anyone can really watch this. There's no like bad things or anything. And I think it's really cute for little kids to watch. And, um, Brad, what star rating would you give this collection of episodes and why? I personally gave it a four out of five stars. And uh, that was because I think that uh, for younger audiences, especially, they'll love this film. And just collection of episodes, it's really funny, playful, puts you in a cheerful mood. I, I knocked it off a star just because older audiences might find it a bit repetitive when they go like eight episodes in, but overall a wonderful DVD collection. Well, thank you both for talking with me today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks for having me. 
Um, just a reminder before we go to break, Kids First has launched a crowdfunding campaign to help support our film critics program. We are only $800 away from our goal of 15000 and today we ask for your support to help expand Kids First training and educational opportunities for kids both nationally and around the world. 100% of your donation supports our Kids First film critics training and implementation. To donate, go to kidsfirst.org. Let's take a break. I'm Benjamin Price, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Monkey and Trunk. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh. Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Welcome back. I'm Arjun from Brentwood, Tennessee, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We have just been talking about Doolittle, and right now we are talking about Just Mercy with Tiana. Um, how do you do, Tiana? I'm doing fine in yourself. Pretty good. Now, I have not seen this movie, but I've seen the trailers, and it and it looks absolutely um, incredible. I love the story that it's trying to tell and the messages that it's trying to portray. And uh, I'm actually trying to check it out um, soon myself. Um, what did you? How did you feel about the movie? I felt that it was a really amazing movie. It was really good, especially getting to see how it was actually based off of a real-life book written by Brian Stevenson, and it was in, it was about his life. And so it was really cool getting to see that book turned into an actual movie. Wow, that sounds um really good. Now, Brian Stevenson is uh, played by Michael B. Jordan, of course. D- did you feel like he did really good in the role? Because, like, you know, it's easy to see him as the big roles he's been in recently as Creed and Killmonger. Like, do you feel like he did a um, good job playing a real-life uh, historical figure? 
Michael B. Jordan did an amazing job at being um, Brian Stevenson. And I was actually kind of nervous because I had, sorry. He was actually, um, I met him before at something for Just Mercy. And it was really cool getting to see him there and getting to see how Just Mercy was. And it was also nice getting, because like I was mentioning before, that the thing was about Brian Stevenson. And it was also nice getting to meet him, too. And I felt that all the actors did a really good job. So, wow, you went to an event for this movie and met a lot of the actors. Um, Who all did you meet, aside from Michael B. Jordan and the real-life Brian Stevenson? That was actually it. Those were the only two that I had met. I mean, still, that's a, you know, that's a hefty total. I mean, like, what were they like? They were actually amazing. And it was kind of funny when I realized that Brian Stevenson is actually from Delaware, just like me. And so it was really cool getting to meet them. That's cool. I mean, you know, that's really good to um, feel that uh, sense of home around these people because they they seem like two amazing people. I I mean, I love Michael B. Jordan. I mean, and Brian Stevenson, you know, from the what I've seen from the about the movie just seems like an incredible guy. Uh, How are the other performances like? You know, we got Jamie Foxx. um, Love him as always. Gives great performances. Uh, Brie Larson of uh, recent uh, Captain Marvel fame and uh, Tim Blake Nelson, um, who's a on a recent TV show, Watchmen, and uh, I think there's a lot more, but uh, how did you feel about the um, performances overall? The performances overall was really good. Um, I really did like Jamie Foxx's character. He did so good on playing his role, and also Bri Larson. She was also really good, too. That's good to hear. How was the um, direction of the movie overall? It does say the runtime is 136 minutes, and this can be hit or miss. It can be the right um, enough time required to tell a story, but it can also drag a little. Did you ever feel the movie dragged at all? Yeah, No, it really didn't. And even though it was a pretty long movie, you couldn't really tell because it was really good. Wow, that's um, really impressive, especially for um, something that's not action-focused, you know, like they, they can't rely on action scenes to, you know, push the pacing and, and gain right. audience interest. So that's um, really good. You'd say it's a very well-filmed movie. Yes, it definitely is. It wow, really gets you into it. That's good to hear. So overall, what would you say are some good messages we could uh, take away from the movie? Well, some good messages that you can get from the movie is that hope, like, it's really good to have hope. And also that it's okay to have mercy for others and to be able to treat others the same way. Wow, that's a um, great message, especially, you know, in uh, the growing times we have right now. Like, times have definitely gotten been much better since, you know, way long back then. But, uh, you know, we still got a lot of problems, you know, we got to work through. And uh, I think that it's good that we have a movie like this to tell us, okay, things aren't perfect. We need to take a look at our uh, judicial system, all that sort of stuff and and do something about it. And I think it's great that we have a movie like this personally. What would you say is the uh, star and age rating for this movie? The star rating that I get for it is a five out of five stars. And the age recommendation is from 13 to 18 years old. And adults would love it, too. Oh, yeah, of, of course. I mean, do you think kids will um, retain the same interest? Because, you know, it is, a, it is a bit of a drama. 
It is, but at least maybe like middle school kids would really like it. All right, that is um, that's good to hear. So thanks a lot for talking about Just Mercy. I will definitely check it out now. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Previously, we've been talking about Troop Zero, Zombies 2, Gigantosaurus, Jungle Fun, and Doolittle. Now that we have finished our discussion about that, right now we are passing the segment over to Callista, who will be interviewing Josita, Catherine, and Ivy on Little Woman, one of the hottest releases of the year. Hey, welcome back. I'm Callista Beth. Today, we will be talking with Josita, Ivy, and Catherine about Little Women. Welcome to the show, you guys. So, uh, Josita, maybe can you tell us a little bit about the plot of Little Women? Uh, the Little Women is the tale of four sisters, each with creative traits, and they both they all grow up in a society where there's an ever-present stigma against independent women, and with the sister winning against them, it's kind of like how they find their way in the world. Ivy, what did you think about the characters in the film? I actually love these characters in this film. Um, Meryl Streep played an appearance as well, and she's very good actor. And also, one of my favorites, which was Joe March, Sarissa Ronan. I'm sorry if I pronounced her name incorrectly. I really loved how she aspires her family, and like she wants to be a writer and stuff. And she's really like, um, I don't know. It's hard to describe her char- character in this movie, but she's really like brave woman, and she's very independent. And I don't know, it's hard to explain her, but I really like her. And she reminds me of myself, very independent woman, and um, loving to do her own thing. That's nice. So, Josita, what did you think about the acting in this film? Well, for one, you can definitely tell, like, the chemistry between the cast really does impact the way the film went. Because, I mean, mean, between Timothy Chalamet and and Joe March kind of being, like, the main love interest in the beginning you can kind of see just how well they get along especially with their past experiences acting together so i i really admire their uh the cast wow a modern love story with chemistry how amazing i joke a little bit but yeah ivy so let me i i'll i'll be honest here i am a big fan of historical aesthetics and sort of like the style of older time periods so I was wondering, what did you think about the costumes in this film? The costumes were really, they were really well fit to the timing of the Civil War when this movie was taking place. Pretty much they wore older clothes. Okay, so there was two sides. You have one of the family sides, which was less wealthier than the other one. And the clothing represented that. And it showed like the struggles that they go, go through during the Civil War and like how Scarlet Fever is running around and killing people rapidly. And um, pretty much, like, the costumes just really help the story set out and help the plot. Because without telling you, you can realize what's going on in the story through what they're wearing. Oh, I love thematic costuming. Catherine, what did you think about the cinematography in this film? I did think it was very good. It had... It was very different than I expected it to be. I thought it to be it was going to be a little more simple, but it actually did have a lot of great angles. Nice. And uh, Catherine, what did you think in terms of age rating and star rating? I would recommend this to ages 11 to 18. 
and I give it a 5 out of 5. And Josepha, what is your age rating and star rating? My star rating is 5 out of 5 stars, and the age range is 12 to 18. The timeline is a little spotty, so older audiences would enjoy it. All right, well, thank you guys for talking to me about Little Women. I'm Calista Best, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First film critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look out for our reviews on Press for Kids, KidsWorld.com, and KidsWool News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. And today's show is sponsored by Monkey Trunk. I'm Arjun from Brentwood, Tennessee. Thanks for listening. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.